on the Texas Steampunk Connection, your source for steampunk event information in the great free state of Texas. We also discuss books, films, comics, and games. Also, we enjoy visiting with the local steampunk luminaries. I'm Flavio. I'm Erica. And I'm Fax, your hosts. Thank you for tuning in, and now on to the episode. Welcome back to the Texas Steampunk Connection, Woo-hoo! Season 2, Episode 6. Six already? Yes, we're moving right along. This time along, we've had some adventures. Yay! Well, we've been to two different adventures. I went by myself, well, not totally, completely by myself. Cynthia I went, went with, with Cynthia, you. a friend of ours in the steampunk group here in Austin. We went to San Antonio, Art San Antonio presents Scrap Arts Music. Found Percussion of Tomorrow. A lady contacted us on our Facebook page and was all, hey, can you please share with us, share your, share our share our show. <laughs> and, and that was, she contacted us the day after we recorded last, right. uh, two weeks ago. Yep. So I, I posted it on our Facebook page if you saw it, but if, if you didn't, then yeah, we didn't get to talk about it. Right. So we'll talk about it now. Yep, and so she kept it. She kept message. You know, we sent, we we shared it, and she goes, "Hey, thank you very much." And here's some complimentary tickets. And I'm like, "Okay." So full disclosure, <laughs> we or you were able to get into the show without without having to pay. Correct. Yes, I got complimentary tickets. I had two tickets, and she offered more. If I had children, you know, do I need more for children? I don't have any children, so no, no I did not. Daddy. <laughs> So I, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it, but then on a whim, I just asked, you know, hey, Cynthia, you want to try it? You want to go check it out? She goes, sure. All right. So I went and boils down to it was at the Majestic Theater in downtown San Antonio. If you've never been to the Majestic Theater, I highly recommend it. It is a beautiful theater. It's really hard to explain. The inside is huge. you got a, like a starry sky above. you got a, a city landscape kind of in, in the walls. It's all pretty. It's, it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful theater. I've never been there, but Erica, you said you've been mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I grew up in too. San Antonio, so we've been to the Majestic a few times. Mm-hmm. They used to show movies there. It's, I believe, Art Deco or Art Nouveau. Art Nouveau, I think, is the style. So it's, it's 1919, kind of, right in there, just after the turn of the century, Fantastic! It's been beautifully restored and maintained. It's just a gorgeous space. Yeah, they're very they're very proud of their elevator. Apparently, it's one of the few manually operated elevators left. Where you have you have to close the doors. It will not move until you close the switch with your hand and turn the knob. But you don't do that, right? I don't. Well, he offered to let me do it. But there's a guy in there. <laughs> there's a guy in there. Yes, he there's just stands in the elevator until someone rings the bell. A professional <laughs> elevator operator in there all the time. There's something you don't see on our resume every so often. That's right. What's well, this? This part-time job during the shows, you know? But he, but he seemed to be enjoying himself because he was, you know, <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, it, it was just it was a good time. The show itself is. Uh, I want to say it was like if you've seen Blue Man Group or if you've seen Stomp back in the day, it was similar to that. Uh, not as polished or as well as well choreographed. Choreographed, yeah, as the Blue Man Group. The so Blue Man Group has a whole lot more going on, and Stomp had more. Tra- like you know, trash cans and brooms and stuff. But these these guys, they had drums, they had cymbals, they had they had all they had similar they had stuff. I mean, it, they they made music out of like you know found items, and it was good. Well, on to be honest, that when they first started, I wasn't so impressed. But they got better and, and better. By the end of the show, they were it was really fun, and I really enjoyed. It. So I guess their their first couple of songs or music is you know. The, Either they're just not their better ones. I don't know what happened. Maybe they just have to get warmed up. But mm-hmm. they did, and it got good, and it was really entertaining. They they threw in just a smidgen of humor, 
it was just enough humor. It wasn't like zany humor, <laughs> but just enough, and you know, the audience was laughing. So it wasn't a comedy act, but no. they, yeah, they filled just, some spaces with yeah, that. With, yeah, they, they filled some spaces in with some humor, and it was, and they didn't speak, kind of like the Blue Man Group doesn't speak, <laughs> like they were mimes. No, they weren't miming. They just didn't really. They don't. They didn't talk to each other. They didn't talk to us. You know, they didn't explain what was going on. They just like sort know. of like going to see craft work. Yeah. So they were weird German guys. <laughs> I don't know if they were German. No, I, I kid. I know that they are Victorian, Victoria, Canada-based company. I assume they must right. be Canadians. Yeah, well, it says Vancouver, Canada here. <laughs> but anyway, they're Canada. They're from Canada. <laughs> but it was it was it was a, okay, it was a good time. I'm reading um, their website. I, I, I know. I'm, well, I'm I'm reading the, the flyer. So <laughs> who knows? Canada <laughs> Canadians. They don't. They're it's a small place. Yeah, you know. yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, when I saw them post this, I was immediately interested because they said that scrap arts music. What was that like? Did it actually have like musical instruments made out of trash? Or they had some. They had like some boards that had like they had like different pieces of glass. They had they used PVC piping for some. They they used I don't some kind of corrugated piping i don't know what it was called hmm. but for for certain for certain sounds and like i said but the biggest instruments were these big drums that i'm not sure where they would have found those to make drums out of but that's what they use those a lot and a lot of it was like you know how the remember the, like the old kung fu movies where they they used to have those big drums and they're all banging them together on the side like taiko some, taiko drums yeah they did something similar to that with these drums oh, <laughs> some cool. of them. and it was pretty fun I'm looking at a black and white picture on the flyer here they're all silver they were all silver so they're, they're big very shiny metal pieces yeah very shiny shiny silver <laughs> metal <laughs> or tin I don't know what and it's several drummers kind of yeah there's like five, in five of them five uh, of them on stage kind of, at a time uh, syncopated together mm-hmm. okay yeah, but like I said when they first started I, I wasn't because at first I was like I can't really get just when I was starting to feel the beat they would change it up so it would throw me off kind mm-hmm. of thing so <laughs> they weren't well that's part of the presentation yeah, part of the yeah, artistry so it was it was a little disconcerting at first, but then I got used to it and it, it just got better. And, yeah. You know, and they didn't always use drums; they use other stuff as well. Like I said, they used these tubes that they would like make like make like wind instruments out of. <laughs> they even used balloons at one time. It was oh kind wow! Of funny. <laughs> that was one of their funnier segments. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so other than that, it was a good time. Like I said, I don't know where they're going to be next. They're moving on. However, there's a bunch of other shows going on at the Majestic Theater. Just just going to the Majestic Theater itself is fun enough. So Maybe I, we need I to do an excursion. That. Yep, I highly recommend going to. Well, Majestic there's a lot of beautiful Victorian or old style uh, architecture in San Antonio definitely worth seeing anyway true uh, absolutely and yeah I saw your pictures of the majestic <laughs> yeah the bathroom, bathroom yeah the men's bathroom upstairs you walk into it and there's this huge it just it's just a big tiled room it's I mean it's not where the toilets are or anything but the entrance to it it's just like well, this is really fancy for the entrance to a bathroom. <laughs> it's like, okay. Enjoy your toilet, sir. <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious. That's why I took a picture of it. You know. <laughs> but yeah, so that was my, my brief little adventure. Now, you guys are on a longer adventure. You were gone for a week. Yes, we were. <laughs> right. On the steampunk cruise. Have mm-hmm. you heard of it? I've heard of it. You, you I think we mentioned it a few it. times. You have heard of it if you listen to our show because we've been talking about it for... A few weeks. Weeks. A while. We've had it. <laughs> At least since six last months. year. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Six months saying, hey, you should, if you're interested or, right. you know, would like to, you should get on board with this. And you know what? You should have got on board with this because it was so cool. Steampunk Naval Expedition. There were 17 of us total. 
cruising together from everywhere. We had six people from the Austin area. Of course. Had people from, we had a, a lady from Canada. We had a gentleman from the Bay Area in California. We had a gentleman from the Washington, D.C. area. We had folks from Kentucky. We had folks from Pennsylvania. We had folks from Colorado. We had some folks who were coming in from Georgia, I believe. And they, at the last minute, were unable to board because the wife was having some health issues and i hope if if mike and april are listening april we hope that you are feeling better our hopes and prayers are with you because we talked about you the whole time uh, and alaska yeah alaska right the alaska folks yes if you go to the dictionary and look under the uh, term stoic there will be a picture of the alaskans <laughs> <laughs> oh really okay now i remember the, the the year before we went to the bon voyage party yes for the, was it the same alaskan people there or a couple of them a couple of them we met monica and she was not able to come carl and elisa were there at the steampunk bon voyage party they are a little quiet in larger crowds i think mm, okay. um so i don't know if we if we chatted with them at the bon voyage party but I'm looking I look back at the pictures and they were there so <laughs> there's proof okay. yes yes was, there's a picture of, of our whole group sitting together and like the group photo from the Bon Voyage party and yes Carl and Elise were there Okay, so what happens on a steampunk cruise? Oh, everything. Everything. All the good things. I mean, was it like a little convention? I mean, what, what do you guys, what was it? What, what made it steampunk? What were you in, guys doing? In previous years, the original organizers had booked in like presentations and bands and vendors and all kinds of stuff. And that proved to be not as cost effective as they wanted. Okay. And they didn't get as many people as they wanted. Or I think in the early years, they had a lot more people. Right. Uh, just looking at, at photos and stuff, mm-hmm. they got a lot of a lot more people to, to go and then could afford all of these extra perks. But as time went on, I guess they got fewer people. And as of, I think, last year, so this was the fifth year. Mm-hmm. They so said, the professional organizer kind of bowed out. Yeah. The they event canceled, planner. They canceled the, the specialness, the, okay. all the things. All things. But everybody who had enjoyed the, the Steampunk Naval Expedition in the past, or it was as it was called, the Steampunk Cruise in the past, said, you know what? I really like hanging out with these people. I really like doing this. So let's just book a cruise all together and we'll go and we'll make our own event. So the cruise line was a little screwed up. Uh, we were supposed to get a conference room. But they overbooked and neglected to mention that there was an additional form that needed to be filled out. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. They we screwed up. We didn't get our, our... We didn't get our conference, conference room. room. Oh, no. So okay. they gave us the chapel, which is at the very top of the ship, but it's enclosed, so there's no view, which is kind of disappointing. So we had the chapel to, to hang out in for most of the cruise. So we did... For our size group, you know, that that wasn't bad. No. We made it work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We had to move a lot of furniture around, but yeah. it was okay. Those pews are a little heavy. So, uh, I mean, if anything, the steampunks are good for it. Finding ways to make things work true. for them. Yes, absolutely. And, and we would, we were not disappointed. And this is such a smart, intelligent bunch of people that each each person who had a talent kind of stepped up and said, "Okay, well, if anybody's interested, I'll do a presentation on this, or I'll do a workshop on that." And everyone went, "Oh, that's great!" So we actually just kind of everyone came up with their own programming, and we there were some big kind of post-it note sort of things that we put up our schedule once we once we got aboard and so there was a there was a workshop on crocheting 
that's Dax attended and now I, he knows I how took, to crochet. Well, huh, Dax I, got crochet my, now. I got my first hand at crocheting. What okay. I know now is that it is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Gives you a better appreciation for when you see other people's crocheted art. I, I had a feeling anyway, but I'm going to keep working on it and maybe get a little more skill. <laughs> Can make then little stinkful cro- crochet things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a class on, or a, a lecture on, on how to steampunk up your goggles. Okay, and that's that's there important. were a lot of a lot of ideas thrown out there and sources ways. from for bits and bobs to attach and ways of attaching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whole section of the lecture was on glues. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> that is very important to use the right glue for the right thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? There were, there were a lot of classes. There was a metal metal making class. There was a jewelry right. making class. Jewelry making class mm-hmm. uh, early on, and then the medals. You mean like military awards? Right. <laughs> they look like military awards, but there are several people in our group who are actual veterans uh, of U.S. military, and of course, we don't want to be wearing medals that we are not entitled to. Of course, by rank or by achievement. Right, right, right. So it, it's worth mentioning that you know. Wearing actual military medals, if you're not actually... It's not it's, it's not kosher. It, yeah. <laughs> it's not good. It, it's vulgar. Yes. So, op- option is open to you is to create your own medals, and there was right. a class on how to Which do that. Erica's kind of started already doing for, mm-hmm. our, for our different adventures. Right, exactly. So, the Zimmer showed us, took it to a whole new level, brought in all kinds of jump rings and ribbons and pin backs and all kinds of things and charms. I'm assuming you're going to make one for your for your trip. Oh, Don't yes. You have to. We've already, oh, you already made we them. earned three of them on this trip. <laughs> okay, yes. cool. Well, I guess there were... There airship were races. The airship races, which yes. is not a class, but it, it a was fan, an fabulous new pastime. So what are these airship races? <laughs> what does this entail? It's very fun. There, it's kind of a two-part thing. You get a certain amount, allotment of time to create your airship. And there are certain materials that are allowed, and only these materials are allowed. So there's two types of balloons. There's little Dixie cups, little paper cups that you can cut up or leave as they are or whatever. Dental floss, tape, straw. That's it. And, and colors, is, markers. Right. Sure. To decorate. You and you use all that to build your ship. So mm-hmm. all of that you use to build your airship. And then whatever the top of your airship is going to be, you, you put a straw on it kind of long ways, front to back. Maybe about three inches, not a whole straw. Right. And then there's a string that's strung across the room. And one end is affixed permanently, and the other end is on a little hook, so you can take it on and take it off and put it back on again. A crochet hook, as it happens. <laughs> yes. So they can string the... on the, the, the straw of your airship. Onto the string. Onto tight rope cord. And apparently there. if you had more space or if we had more uh, a permanent conference room, we could have s- several strings so that it could be an actual race between two or more airships. But the way we did it was just time trials. Okay. So each airship would go one airship at a time and it would be timed. And by go, we mean you get some fans, hand fans, you and your co-pilot will fan your balloon on string across the room. <laughs> okay, that sounds like fun, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can imagine it had to be a shorter straw, because I can't imagine a long straw sliding very well on a string. Like exactly. That. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of engineering involved in this, more so than you would think. I was, yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. And we found we 
It was a lot more difficult than you would expect having to compete with the air conditioning blowing your airship in the other direction. Oh, you're flying into the wind. (laughs) (laughs) So there were, yeah, unforeseen challenges. So we got to vote on which airship we liked the best as far as appearances. And then there were time trials and... There was sort of a double elimination sports rankings sort of thing. Okay, Mm okay. I got third. I got got third. third. Erica came in third. I... Did not do well. Oh, no. His first model did not place at all. We had the worst time getting it to the finish line. <laughs> it oh. was just slow, slow, slow. And then on so his second... So they did allow t- you to make changes to your airship between rounds as long as you were ready the next round. Oh, okay. So, so I... You had to modify yours. I modified mine by tearing the whole thing apart. <laughs> Starting from scratch, then. Taking a couple of Dixie cups and flattening them and making them into sort of a round air-catching fan. Okay. And sticking the the straw through it. So that's it. You've got like a plastic plate and a straw. (laughs) No balloon? Nope. No. Dead weight. (laughs) Yeah. He made it from the beginning to the end in about seven seconds. Wow. Which was... Which was Probably the best time. Twice of- as fast as anything with a balloon on it. Right. <laughs> and then I was disqualified. Oh, because you didn't have your balloon? There's no balloon. Oh. Yes. <laughs> we weren't exactly sure, but we were pretty sure that that was not in the rules. So that was a lot more fun than I expected it to be. I, I, got, a, I got the side eye. <laughs> You're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, yeah, that does sound like something we need to try at, it a was at some a other place. Blast. We had the best time. It was so much fun. And I'm, I'm pretty sure there's video of it out there somewhere of me calling Thax's ship some bad names. <laughs> so maybe they'll beep that out. <laughs> you get most of the way across the thing and your arms are just tired from fanning. My arm ached for two or three days after wow. that. How, how, far, yeah. how far was the course or how long was it? It was just across the chapel, maybe 15 feet. 20. Maybe. 20, 15 feet. Yeah. Wow, okay. So, <laughs> so but you're a lot really, of fanning. Yeah. You're really working that fan. You're really working the fan. And so you get this pain in strange places that you've never had pain before. <laughs> I didn't even know I had a muscle there. there. Yeah, yeah the, the fanning muscle is not something that people usually do. Right? And all of us, like, the next day we're in Honduras, uh-huh. and we're fanning ourselves going, ow. <laughs> Hitting that ow. fanning muscle again. <laughs> ow. Uh, oh, fanning injuries. Right. So the cruise is great if you you know don't want to spend every waking moment with all these nice new people. There's other... There's all kinds of places on the ship to do. We did one excursion together. I think almost the whole group, except for two, went on one excursion together in Honduras. We went to a working farm jungle fruit plantation. I don't know what it was. And it had this beautiful walking trails. It would go through and, you know, little signs that said what all the plants were. And then you went up into these little huts where you would learn how to make chocolate. The European style rather than the Mayan style where you add uh, sugar and things like that. Okay. Milk cocoa butter that sort of thing and so we we took a chocolate making class amongst the steampunks that sounds like fun and had a great time Mm -hmm. and the owner at the end was very impressed with us and wanted to take a picture with us so we took some pictures they fed us lunch were you guys all dressed steampunk oh yeah okay oh yeah everybody was dressed to the nines this was this was a dress-up cruise i think thax and i were the least well-dressed i mean we we only brought two suitcases each whereas some of our (laughs) our companions were were traveling with you know five wow and they had further further to go yeah Yes. That's crazy. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it has it's really inspired us to up our game. Okay. Yes. I, we've said that before coming back from other events right. like Steampunk November right, and right. other Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, we come back as like, wow. We gotta up our game. We we gotta improve. We gotta 
find ways well to, i'm to cool with up, i'm cool with upping our game you know i mean if you guys up your game you're gonna force me to up, up my game you know because we, <laughs> we, we run together you know exactly exactly <laughs> so if you ever get to honduras the carambola botanical gardens and trails beautiful beautiful place i wish we had been able to spend more time just walking around the trails and seeing all and the beautiful in things honduras? in honduras okay mm-hmm. And then after that, we had about an hour, hour and a half maybe before we had to get back on the ship. So one of our group decided, let's go see if they have a place to that serves iguana. <laughs> iguana. <laughs> so off we went in search of iguana. And, and, and from what I remember seeing on Facebook, you found some. We did. We did. A gentleman by the name of, by the nickname of Too Tall. Too Tall. Uh, introduced <laughs> himself to us quite forcibly. How tall was he really? <laughs> uh, he, was, he was a fairly tall gentleman. Okay. Fairly uh, tall. In six, the in the six, six feet. Okay. Some. Yeah. Had big basketball player hands. Huge hands. I've got a photo of him holding a big jar of <laughs> local condiment made with mutton peppers, which, oh my God, will blow the top of your head off. <laughs> okay. But very good flavor. Hot, but very but flavorful. Tasty. Yeah. He poured that all over our iguana for us. Oh boy. And that was lovely. And... <laughs> drank beer and had a good time one of our groups swam in the ocean off the pier by the restaurant and we just had a lovely time in honduras and i will i will want to go back sometime is this the first time you've been to honduras or you've been there before no we've been to honduras before but usually we either just stayed in the little cruise port or we Mm. took a an excursion out to maya key which is the island right okay right there that's got so you never actually get off the port you just yeah. get on another boat and onto and a, another island or something. Yeah, island. we didn't okay. go into Honduras proper before. Island. Okay, but that was previous times. So, okay. mm-hmm. but you've been, but you have been there before. We've been to Honduras before, right. and it's beautiful. It's it's the water is perfectly clear. It's it's paradise. It really is. And we went to Belize City the next day, where we had cashew wine and daiquiris and <laughs> all kinds of things. And we've been to Belize before. We're already in love with it. So we didn't take an excursion, though. We grabbed a few of our steampunk friends and took them to some of the spots in town that you discovered the last time you were there. (laughs) Are are cool. I hope they thought they were cool, too. It's a little overwhelming when you go into Belize City on cruise port day. (laughs) When the cruise ships come in, everybody comes out and they want to, you know, sell you something. They want to take advantage of the money pinata. (laughs) I I, I thought the quote unquote uh, tour guides were a little more pushy this this season than last spring which didn't like uh, after after honduras i was kind of done with a bit of that <laughs> yeah yeah i'm done being nice but never mind we had a good time we got fry jacks for breakfast which is a local staple which is a uh, fantastic it's like a fry bread like a sopapilla but not sweet okay and then breakfast things in it so breakfast taco but in a sopapilla that actually sounds that sounds i I think i would enjoy that oh fried jacks are the best thing ever so good and then i went to brody's which is the oldest dry goods emporium on the continent Uh, which is to say the north america oh the whole okay right right (laughs) the caribbean is not south america nor is it its own continent but it is part of the u.s and canada and all of the things right so brody's has been there since like 17 something or another it's it's old it's old 
and it's wonderful. It's got one half of the store is kind of like house furnishings and clothing and whatever, and the other half of the store is groceries, and then there's another section of the store that's the local produce, seasonal items, and I stocked up on Goss chocolate, which is the best chocolate in the world. Is that what we're eating here? This is what we're eating here. Yes, this I'm gonna, is very good chocolate. I'm going to crinkle the wrapper for you. Why, why is it the best chocolate in the it world? It is the best chocolate in the world because the cacao in, in Belize has been cultivated for many thousands of years by the Maya. There are hereditary chocolatiers in Belize. That that's what their family has so, done. So they know what they're doing. They have done this for thousands of years. And there are no chemicals, no stabilizers. I have a dark chocolate bar here. It is cacao beans, cane sugar, and cocoa butter. Yes, that's I've, been, I've been munching it. on it. It's really good. There's I'm nothing really else in it. It's, it is so... So freaking good. It's probably about 70% cacao if you're into high quality chocolate. You single origin beans how, from Southern Belize. How bitter mm-hmm. to sweet that is, and it's also very hard because it's it's just cacao. Yeah, it's beans. pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's really, really nice. Very rich. Yeah, it's not too smooth. it's not too not not too sweet. Definitely not you know, it's it's yeah, it's, it's just I think it's really good. I'm I'm really impressed with it. Yeah, so the last time we went to Belize last year I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm just going to fly down to Belize and I'm just going to buy all the goss chocolate I can put my grubby little paws on and bring it back. They, so I did that this time. And they have a chocolate festival once yes, a year. Yes, they so. do in May and I really want to go. I'm trying to figure out a way to make that happen. I think you paid like $50 worth of chocolate from the from Brody's there and the checkout girl was just like laughing at you. I know. They were looking at me like I was insane. Like, this is a lot of chocolate, you know. Yeah. Make yeah. your own business. <laughs> right? Don't, 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 don't touch me. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, oh, my life. <laughs> but I, I love Belize. If anybody gets a chance to go to Belize, they should. Fax had a chance to share cashew wine amongst our new friends. And uh, I'm sure we were all terribly impressed with it. So cashew wine is something that we've been hearing about on, well, first we heard about it in Honduras while mm-hmm. we took that previous tour. And you and I had seen it before, and I think we did, tried it before. And didn't like it. I didn't like it. But that's not the point. The point is to try new things. Yes. So we're there with our with our uh, four friends at Brody's, and I said, oh, here's the cashew wine. It's like, you know, a full liter bottle. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, it, is it just one flavor, or is it different types of cashew no, wine? No, it's just one flavor. Okay. And, and the, the flavor is bad. The, the <laughs> bottle is like six American dollars. So... You know, okay. We bought it just so we could open it, pass it around. Everybody could say that they tasted it, right, right. And then we could chuck it, right, or give it to a local or what, what have you. Yeah, just a, a sampling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we did, uh, most of uh, the first part. <laughs> and, our, and then our friends, you know, they they did their shopping and then went back to port, and we wandered the city, and well, it's in my hands, so I started sipping on it, started drinking it. And it's kind of vinegary, but the more you drink it, the less you notice. <laughs> oh, it's you one of those kind of drinks. Yeah. And I, I, no, some, I don't have any experience like that whatsoever. <laughs> some local Rasta fella decided to be my best friend, so he got us two glasses, and I filled them both up. And we drank. He and came over. He said, "We're going to have man talk now. Man talk." <laughs> <laughs> well, you were getting your hair done yeah, at the time. Yeah. Right? Met up with a lady that had been our tour guide the first time we've cruised to Belize in 2012. And we're walking along, and this lady comes up and says, Oh, can I braid your hair, honey? And I looked at her and I said, Miss Carol, is that you? And she said, 
you know me? I said, yes, I do. <laughs> and so she, we had a good old time. They braided my hair, and another lady came over and did my nails, and they were all speaking Creole. And, <laughs> and, and that's when Fax is over there and, drinking and wine. And Fax is <laughs> making friends with, with Mr. Rasta, having man talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to do something while you're getting your hair nailed. Exactly. <laughs> Poor man. <laughs> so, and then we go back to the port, going through sort of the little customs huts mm-hmm, there. Right. And they said, oh, you can't you can't bring that bottle in here. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to toss it out. Then what does he say? He says, I don't want to work today. Just just put it in a bag so I don't have to look at it. <laughs> so we, we put it in a plastic shopping bag that we had anyway, and walked back in. Easy enough. How about that? And you know, found some of our other steampunks. Twenty steps later, I emptied the bottle anyway. Well, we we ran into a few of our other a few of our group that had gone on an excursion. And mm-hmm. shared around a bit of it. And then we moved on to the daiquiris. There was a daiquiri <laughs> bar. And uh, by that time, I was feeling good. Daiquiris for all my friends. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm really sad I missed it. But it, the cost just wasn't Next time, next time, next time. You know, I, I need to find a cruising partner to share a cabin with. Because cruising alone is really expensive. Yes, it, it is. You know. Yeah. But yes, as listeners, if you have any interest in cruising or meeting new people or just getting away from it all for a week, please, please consider going next year on the Steampunk, on the Steampunk Naval Expedition, a Steampunk Cruise. There are more other steampunk cruises, but this right. is the one. This is all, There's well, a this West is the Coast one, one as well. That we're attached to. So, best time. So, so good. You can join the Facebook group. They've already scheduled a cruise for next March out of Florida. Wow, so mm-hmm. we had to make it to Florida. But yes. Yeah. a little bit of extra cost to fly out there or drive exactly. out there. And the route we have scheduled is just sort of a holding pattern. They're hoping that by the end of the year, they will schedule a route to Havana. Oh, so that we can be fun. We can yeah. visit. Yeah, Royal Cuba. Caribbean's doing some test routes right now uh, in April through September of this year, I think, and they're testing it to see how it goes and mm-hmm. then if these cruises go smoothly. And it's really cool because they're staying overnight in port in in Havana, so you get two wow. days in Cuba. That's new. And then come that's, back. That's Isn't that cool? Yeah. yeah. So it's more common in like Europe. Yeah, the the river cruises will do that we'll a lot in, in Europe, yeah. but this is the only. Caribbean cruise that I know of that's doing that. And so if this works, they will go ahead and expand their itineraries mm-hmm. and, and start pushing out itineraries to Cuba for next year. And that, then at that, that point, pretty tempting. at that point, we'll go ahead and yeah. change our reservation to the to the itinerary that we want. But even if that doesn't happen, there's the, still it's still a good. The cruise. route we have scheduled is Eastern Caribbean mm-hmm. with a number of stops I've never been to before. And at this point, you know, I don't care where we go. Just <laughs> hanging out with these people for a week was so so good. They are they've all they were all super friendly. I'm very happy to hear that. Nice to meet us and looked so very dapper. And I'm going to miss them all year. Oh. Um, and now you're all fast Facebook friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had a good time. I'm jealous. I wish I had gone. Next time, Fluffy. I, I, I want to, but I have okay. to have a partner or, you know, a roommate, you know, or something, a cabin mate. I, I have one, one more thing to say. Okay. If we're wrapping it up. Yeah. Thea, right now I am drinking Lazy Magnolia Brewery's Southern Pecan Beer. Pecan. Let me have a taste. Southern Nut Brown Ale. Pecan Ale. Not pecan, you crazy Canadian. <laughs> Not pecan. No, it's never been pecan. <laughs> and apparently, this is Mississippi's oldest brewery. Ooh, it's nice. Yeah, it I'm is. liking it. Yes, yes. 
So yeah, uh, Steampunk Naval Expedition, two thumbs up, four thumbs up, two of mine, two of Thax's. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Yeah>. be nice. <laughs> we love all of you. If anybody from our group is listening right now, we love you and we miss you already. <laughs> Well, I, I hope they do start listening, or at least, you know, like us on Facebook just to make us feel better. Okay. <laughs> make us feel good, at least. We will ask them, too. Okay, so you, Erica, you have a, a reading for oh, us. Oh, no, uh, no. Flavio wanted to talk about the book that he's reading. Oh, yeah. Well, I finished it, and it's, oh, it's, okay. it's, it's just real quick. It's, it's a book called The Watchmaker of Filigree Street by Natasha Pulley. It is, in essence, a romance. It's not a high adventure book. Very little action happens, but it's very well written, and it's a love story. And there is in it there is a miniature clockwork octopus who I'm not really sure isn't sentient. Okay, they're is, not even sure if it's sentient. Is that the love interest? No, because that's, <laughs> that's not just, what I'm into, man. <laughs> that's a little that, creepy. That, that is the uh, I guess the closest or. What makes it steampunkish, I guess. Yeah, okay. There's clock. There's a lot of clockwork stuff going on in here, mm-hmm. and that's one of them. The watchmaker is, uh, he's basically a precog, pre-cog- precognitive person. Okay, okay. so All can right. see into the future. He can see into the future. It's steampunk, he's precog. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean that, but that's funny. <laughs> and boils down to a love story in the end. And I, I can't really talk too much about it without giving it away. I and mean, It's just something you got to read. To enjoy it, I recommend it, especially if you like love stories. It's not a high action book. <laughs> I, I've not known you to to read love stories. I didn't so. know it was a love story when I read it. When I started reading it, but you liked it, and I liked it, it was because it was well written. You know, and at first with the precog stuff, it was a little bit kind of like I'm not really sure what's going on, but I guess it was kind of meant to be that way because the way the precog was manipulating things. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but yeah, and it, it it ends not the way I expected it to end. It kind of takes a twist at the t- twist toward the end there, which you will not tell us about. I'm not going to tell you about it. If you want, okay. if you want to find out what it is, you got to read it yourself. But once again, it's called The Watchmaker of Filigree Street by Natasha Pulley. Is it an all-in-one or is it part of a series? It's all-in-one. It's a one and done. Oh, excellent! I love those. <laughs> so yeah, I recommend it here. You can read it next if you want or oh, whatever you want. Oh, thank you. I will. <laughs> thank you, sir. So that, that's that's all I have to say about that book. And now we have some more etiquette coming up. Oh, very good. Time for etiquette. And this is the second part of the last one. This yes. is the men's the men's restroom or bathing or right. Oh, this is where I learn how to wipe my own. Right. This is no, where I learn no. how I do it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is the gentleman's toilette. It has aptly been said that the bath deserves an order. The first requisite of a gentleman's toilette is undoubtedly the bath, which should be as bracing as the Constitution will allow, and use morning and evening in summer, and every day in winter. Country gentlemen who live much in the open air and take plenty of exercise have no excuse for shirking the cold shower bath, but denizens of cities and men who are obliged to lead very sedentary lives cannot indulge with equal safety in this luxury and must never continue it in the teeth of reason and experience. Only physiques of finest quality can endure much more benefit by a cold water shock all year round. And though physique is always improvable, great reformation must not be attempted rashly. Let the bath be from 60 to 70 degrees be freely indulged in by the strong and even by the less robust in summertime. But in winter, a temperature varying from 85 to 95 degrees is the safest. The flesh brush should be vigorously applied to all parts of the body, after which the skin must be carefully dried with Turkish or huckaback towels. It is well to remain without clothing for some little time after bathing. <laughs> Nothing is so healthy as exposure of the body to air and sun. Yeah, maybe f- the neighbors. A f- 
<laughs> a French physician has recommended the sun bath as a desirable hygienic practice. A bath in fresh water should always be taken after a sea dip. The next thing to be done is to clean the teeth. This should be done with a good hard toothbrush at least twice a day. Smokers should rinse the mouth immediately after smoking and should be careful to keep the teeth scrupulously clean. The nails should also be kept exquisitely clean and short. Long nails are an abomination. Our advice to those who shave is like Punch's advice to those about to marry. Don't. (laughs) But it must by no means be understood that suffering the beard to grow is a process that obviates all trouble. The beard should be carefully and frequently washed, well-trimmed and well-combed, the hair and whiskers kept scrupulously clean by the help of clean, stiff hairbrushes, soap, and warm water. The style of the beard should be adapted to the form of the face, but any affectation in the cut of the beard and whiskers is very objectionable and augurs unmitigated vanity in the wearer. Mm. Long hair is never indulged in except by painters and fiddlers. (laughs) (laughs) The mustache should be worn neat and not over large. Bo Brummel spent two hours in dressing, but a gentleman can perform all the duties of of his toilette to perfection in less than half that time. A great French writer has said with as much grace as philosophy that the artist and man of letters needs only a black coat and the absence of all pretension to place him on the level of the best society. It must be observed, however, that this remark applies only to intellectual workers who, if they do occasionally commit a minor solecism in dress and manners, are forgiven on account of their fame and talents. It is not enough that a man should be clever or well-educated or well-born to take his place in society. He must be acquainted with all that this chapter and, indeed, this little volume throughout professes to teach. A gentleman should always be so well-dressed that his dress shall never be remarked at all. Does this sound like an enigma? It is not meant for one. It only implies that the perfect simplicity is perfect elegance, and that the two true test of a, in the toilette of a gentleman is its entire harmony, unobtrusiveness, and becomingness. Displays should be avoided. Let a sensible man leave the graces and luxuries of dress to his wife, daughters, and sisters, and not sink distinction in the trinkets on his watch chain or the pattern of his waistcoat. To be too much in fashion is is as vulgar as to be too far behind it. No really well-bred man follows every new cut he sees in his tailor's fashion book. Only very young men are guilty of this folly. The author of Pelham has aptly said that the gentleman's coat should not fit too well. This is a great truth and subtlety in this observation. To be fitted too well is to look like a tailor's dummy. (laughs) Is that it? Uh, Let's see. Elaborate studs and sleeve links are foppish and vulgar. A set of good studs, a good watch and guard, and one handsome ring are as many ornaments as a gentleman can wear with propriety. For a ring, a gentleman of fine taste would prefer precious antique intaglio in the handsomest diamond or ruby that can be bought. Uh, lastly, a man's jewelry should not al- should always have some use, and not, like a lady's, be worn for ornament only. Colored shirts may be worn in the morning, but they should be small in pattern and quiet in color. Fancy cloths of conspicuous patterns are exceedingly objectionable. If spectacles are necessary, they should be of the best and lightest make, and mounted in gold or blue steel. For weak sight, blue or smoke-colored glasses are the best. Green glasses are detestable. Oh, my. (laughs) A gentleman should never be seen in the street without gloves. 
for the country or the foreign tour, a gentleman will select a costume of some light woolen material, flannel shirts, thick boots, and everything to correspond. Dandyism is never more out of place on the glacier or among the Norwegian salmon fisheries. There are three things one should consult in the manner of dress if one would always appear like a gentleman. Those are expense, comfort, and society. If there is one thing in this world about which we can entertain any degree of moral certainty, it is that we must pay our tailor's bills. If, therefore, our means are disproportionate to our wants, we must remember the old proverb, cut your coat according to your cloth and dress as well as you possibly can upon little money. Okay. (laughs) And that is from what? Oh, I'm sorry. This is Frost's Rules and Bylaws for American Society. I'm not I'm not 100% sure on the title, and I'm having problems with my Kindle. Oh, no worries. <laughs> Let me say that Mrs. Frost is Crabby. the old bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that about bathing safely or safety? <laughs> it's like, what was that? It's like unsafe to bathe more than twice or something. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> like, what, what, what struck out to me is that gentlemen are generally, it seems like expected to bathe in cooler water yeah and and young ladies there's another reason behind that every time i've been I told to take a cold hotter. shower no how does he can stand right no that was for the ladies oh i thought the, that's what you read just now okay yeah it's like the only reason i've been told to take a cold shower is for other yeah. reasons <laughs> <laughs> it's bracing to the constitution sir yeah that's what we'll call it <laughs> bracing <laughs> So I obviously have no, con- no no contempt for dandyism, despite Mrs. Frost. I I think that's that's sort of the the, the thing we do in steampunk. Yeah, punk. yeah. Especially like, you know, it's like, was it only one ring? Well, I wear two rings because I'm a punk. <laughs> so. I'll wear as many rings as I darn well feel like. That's right. <laughs> well, whatever you do, just don't wear green spectacles. No green spectacles. <laughs> Those are detectable. Detestable. What, I detestable. Even, detestable. I can't even pronounce the word. What I thought was interesting about that is a, a bit of trivia that that we learned during the goggle workshop on the naval expedition. Our friend Carl mentioned that goggles were are actually historical. They're not like a silly thing because that, of all the soot in the air right right so so there are actually artifacts that have been gathered up from steamship or you know the steamships that were going down the mississippi mm-hmm. there was apparently a mercantile ship that wrecked and all of these goods were dredged up recently and they had been destined for various general stores up and down the mississippi so there's just thousands and thousands and there are leather goggles nice that are basically just sort of face mask with the with the green glass oh, green. in them yes <laughs> And then apparently there are no straps, so you have to punch your own holes or whatever. And he said that elastic was invented in the late 1800s. So people would have actually had uh, elastic straps available to put on their goggles if they wanted to. So my theory, when he said that, I remembered this passage from Frost. And I think that the implication is that if you wear green glass in your spectacles, that you're affecting a working class sort of... Thing. Yeah, you don't want to look like and you don't class. you don't yeah. want to look like a member of the working class. So green glass spectacles are just right out. <laughs> that makes more sense, <laughs> and it, it just fits together perfectly for me at that moment. I was like, oh, well, that's <laughs> that's why Mrs. Frost is so adamant against the green glass because she's part of the bourgeoisie. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, I, I realized that goggles were somewhat used back in the day because I mean, like when the, like the first automobiles were starting up, they didn't have windshields, right? You know, so they had mm-hmm. to wear the goggles to keep stuff out of their eyes, you know, kind of thing. Another thing that caught me, Last she mentioned chocolate. Oh, she mentioned drying oneself with a good Turkish towel. Oh, Turkish towels or, are so good. Or, or huckaback. Huckaback. What's I a huckaback? Have, I have no idea. We'll I'm going to find out. out. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know why that is either, but uh, we had some friends who went to Turkey. Yeah, they brought you towels, And right? brought us back a Turkish towel, which uh, they, they are hand-woven mm-hmm. by the locals there, and it takes like a week to make a single towel. And they are fantastic. They're, they're really, really nice. So if you can afford to spend a certain amount of money on a towel, that... Go Turkish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a nice way to pamper yourself. I In see. a pinch, I also recommend bamboo towels. They're I've, very always, nice. I've heard good things about bamboo. Oh, they're you know, they're bamboo real nice. Bamboo sheets, bamboo socks. I've it heard takes really forever for them to dry, yeah. but they're so absorbent and so soft. Mm-hmm. Very nice. But so, the, but they didn't reason, have that in Victorian times. Pricey. Yes, because you know, but bamboo grows really fast, so it's not right. like it's you know <laughs> hard well, to come in by. In all the cruise ports, they have a, a bamboo store called Caraloha. And it's they sell bamboo fabric, you know, socks and shirts mm-hmm. and things like that. And I'm not sure why the why the expense, except for perhaps that it's not there's not that many places that make bamboo fabric. It might be it. But the bamboo fabric is very very absorbent. Isn't it antibacterial? Antibacterial. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can wear the same pair of bamboo socks for a week and they will never stink. Right. Yeah. So I heard about that. But you bamboo should probably really wash, the wash them anyway. Yeah. Still. Don't don't do that. But I'm just saying. But in a pinch. Yeah. <laughs> if something happens and you have to wear the same socks more than once, bamboo. Yes. So I bought a pair of bamboo uh, towels uh, for the house, and they're nice, but they they kind of have like a I can't explain it, but a, a sort of rubbery texture that struck hmm. me as odd, like a shamwell. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's hard to describe uh, because there's I, I've never found anything quite like it. Okay, but a way to make it more cost effective and maybe get something that's a little less weirdly rubbery. They have blends of cotton and mm. bamboo uh, that you can get in towels on the internets. Of course. You to try something out. <laughs> well, I think we're going to take a break. Okay. We're going to put on a little song, and then we'll tell you what's coming up. In, I, sh- in I should mention, one of the first bits of news that we got when we got back from our cruise was that Ms. Izzy Cox, a local musician, singer, chanteuse, steampunk artist, rockabilly, country very diverse all around. all around fantastic songbird had passed she had been struggling with cancer for over a year and that was a sad bit of news to come home to so let's play a song in her honor yes we definitely will we'll be right back Oh, 
That was Izzy Cox, Electric Chair Remix. Now, you said she passed away recently, so and there's something going on tomorrow for her, right? Right. There is a wake gathering for Ms. Izzy Cox tomorrow night, March 28th, from 8 to 11 p.m. at the Parlor, which is located at 4301 Guadalupe Street, Suite B, Austin, Texas. This will be a celebration of Izzy's life. Her music will be playing, videos and pictures will be shown a quickly edited parts of a documentary film that is being made of her life will be making a special showing mic and a small PA will be set up if anyone would like to say a few words read Izzy lyrics and poetry or sing an Izzy song feel free to keep it casual informal comfortable everyone is welcome invite whoever and all you can Izzy love the parlor and love playing there a more formal funeral memorial is being planned as well however that will be a private event so please come out and I apologize if I did not get this out on time for that, but we will put a link to our page. As soon as we finish recording here, there'll be a link put up right away. Or right. it has been up, depending on when you hear this. Right, and but, I'll share it on my personal yes. Facebook as well. I'm, I'm very much going to try to get this out before the, before that memorial. Next would be on March 29th is a steampunk night at TLW. TLW stands for... The Last Word Bookstore. Yes. The Last Word, Word Bookstore. Book and that's up in the Fort Worth area. There's a new there's a new group up there calling themselves the the Ghost Ship Allegory, and they're already starting all kinds of stuff going on up there. So I'm really excited to hear that there's more steampunk happening in Texas, and they've already started communicating with me, and we're going to hopefully cooperate and get more word out about stuff that they're doing. This is going to be Wednesday at the Last Word Bookstore in Fort Worth, Texas, six one five South Jennings Avenue. And they're going to have snacks. They're going to have Stephen Sanders, the steampunk poet. He will read experts from both Songs for Mechanical Age, a volume of steampunk poetry, and a short expert from his newest literary literary endeavor, a short story entitled The Horrors of War. Recently published in Ghost Gears and Grimoires, an anthology of steampunk horror. So that sounds like it could be interesting. You know, so wear your Victorian steampunk finest and come enjoy some camaraderie, fine drinks, and some steampunk literature, is, is what they're saying. Once again, that's 6 o'clock on Wednesday. That, this will definitely be out by then. <laughs> what do we have next? There's a lot going on this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we have, up in Dallas also, is the Fan Expo. It's a big comic book convention, but the Sky Marshals, the steampunk Sky Marshals are going to be there. They are a charity group. Essentially, you just ask them to go arrest somebody for a modest fee, and they'll throw them in jail. The more you pay, the longer they keep them in the cage. Oh, we saw these guys at <laughs> they were uh, Steampunk Punk November. November. Yes, yes. They, they go they go to a lot of conventions. I believe they were also in the Wild Wild West show that, that I did not make it to. They go everywhere. I'm not really sure where they're based out of, but they're everywhere. Um, <laughs> and apparently they have they have um, videos like I don't I'm, I'm gonna have to they're they're debuting a new um, video and I'm gonna see what that's all about I don't know if they do little shows or commercials or what but it sounds interesting and so there's there's definitely gonna be some steampunk going on at this fan expo and I'm gonna be there sweet so I'll, I'll definitely swing by and say hello and maybe learn some more about them while I'm there that's that, once again that's this weekend steampunk expo steam no sorry fan expo up in Dallas Texas <laughs> right. at the convention center downtown all nice. weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you're not able to get up to Dallas to make it to the Fan Expo, there's certainly a number of things going on in Austin as well. For example, the Honk Texas 2017 is this weekend. This is a festival of community street bands, so marching bands. That's right. We mentioned this last show. Right. The Austin Klezmer Band Orchestra is one of our locals participating in this year's honk and the show uh, runs march 31st through april 2nd they've got a number of different locations that 
They'll be playing at Friday a night in South Congress. They'll be meeting near Joe's Coffee and other venues to be announced between 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. Since they're you know, street bands, I think they're just going to be walking around walking the streets. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. Uh, Saturday, April 1st, a day in Adams Park near 29th and Fruth Street near Spider House Cafe and Weedsville Food Co-op from noon to 7 p.m. more or less. And I'm guessing that it, even though they say 7 p.m., these are high energy bands. They might just keep on going who knows <laughs> what it sounds like yeah uh, and then sunday the east austin parade and bike venue band venue excuse me <laughs> that's uh, a big difference at pan am park at chacon and third street again from noon to five and by then they'll be exhausted and they'll want to go home <laughs> i would hope so <laughs> you don't know these guys it is an amazing so it sounds like there's plenty of opportunities to see them somewhere <laughs> exhausting all-out show with I don't know how many bands. They don't list it here. And South Congress is a lot of fun anyway. There's a lot of shops and restaurants yep. and bars. And the Big Top Candy Shop is down there with a lot of steampunky art installations on the oh, wall. Oh, yeah. I remember that place. And yeah. yeah. So just make a day of it. If you're in Austin, can't make it up to Dallas for the Fan Expo, South Congress is not a bad place to be. But that's not the only thing happening in or near Austin this weekend. Indeed. Tell me more. All right. March 31st, Dark and Twisted 3 will be taking place at the J. Lorraine Ghost Town uh, out in Manor, Texas. It's just a little ways outside of Austin. This is a really fun, Western-themed ghost town. Lots of old, rickety buildings for fantastic photography. And belly dancing. And there is a huge lineup. Apparently, there are 22 artists. Wow, that's a lot. Of <laughs> who, who are who are lined up and ready to uh, dance and perform for your pleasure. Wow. Now, I see here this starts at 8 p.m. Friday night. So this could go for hours. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sure. With that many dancers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that some of these dancers are part of a troupe and will be dancing in ensemble oh. performances. Oh, Other, be yeah. Otherwise, it's, <laughs> well, it's just going to go on and on. we know a few on. of them. Well, we, at least we know one of them that'll be there. Mm-hmm. Oh, Our friend Cynthia. Yep. Uh, and, uh, Lisa Lamar. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've seen before. She's excellent. And we probably know more. They just, I, I don't see them. They're not see. listed per se. Aida yeah. Superintine, Aisa Alatif, Allison Martino, Emily Sherrod Aronoff, Lamia Chusi, Devin Allfather, Sage and Steam. We'll definitely need to pick them up. I heard the word Steam. What? <laughs> Mary Kelch, Moo, Nadine Cooper, Jenny Lynn T, Krista Dasko, Jeanette Cunningham, April Freeborn, Paula Grace, Cynthia Simone Sabella. That's Cynthia. Yeah. Yeah. Tatiana Smith, Kathleen Duncan Johnson Vilaya, Cynthia Gill, I think we know her, Jackie Mike Paramus, Robin Group Shillian, Karen Batson, Michelle Clark. Forte. That's a a lot of dancers. That's a lot. Heck yeah. That sounds like a great time. Right. We've talked about Jane Lorraine Ghost Town before. Yes, we have many times. Uh, And and they they do sell beer there. It's not BYOB. So. uh, yeah, nope. don't bring your own beer. They they do take plastic, so you know you can you can get you, a meal there. You can open a tab and and entertain yourself with beer while you watch these fantastic artists. Right. 
And there's something else. It was not really an, an event per se, but there's a sale. Oh, right. Don't stay up too late at Dark and Twisted 3 because Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Georgetown, De- Texas, bingo, 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 uh, <laughs> it is the Mega Fabric Sale. The address is 113 Monahans Drive, Georgetown, Texas. Details, cash only. There are 500 to 600 yards of fabric that will be sold. Cottons, cotton cotton blends, knits, drapery, home decor, upholstery, one to 10 yards, priced at one to $5 per yard. Notions, patterns, books, crafts, threads, yarns, crochet, and knitting supplies. That sounds like a hell of a sale, all right. So if you are in the market for fabric for your next fantastic fantastic steampunk costume creation check out the mega fabric sale on saturday april 1st is this in a store or is this like a truck sale or i i have an address that's what i have you know what i know (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) but it does sound like a pretty damn good sale if i was into sewing i'd be i'd be tempted to go excuse me my curiosity has peaked I guess we'll know when we get there. I'm uh, going. Okay. If I can. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Yeah, that's a big weekend. I'm, I'm just going up to the Fan Expo, and that's that's a lot of stuff going on up there that's not necessarily steampunk related, but I'm going to be pretty busy. Uh, okay, so in April, now we're moving into April. Right. We're finally at the end of the month of March. Well, did we talk about uh, uh, Cirque du Soleil? Not yet. We're about to. Oh, okay. That's in April. Right. It's in April. Ah! Yes. First, the first thing happening in April that I can see is the spring steampunk fling. Hooray! Once again, this is happening up north in Dallas, Texas. 108 South Pearl Street, Dallas, Texas. The Panope. Panopticon. Panopticon. There it is. It's a it's a pre gather. It's a join us for a night of steampunk culture and and Pan's annual pre Renfest party. So there's a special guest in the main room, DJ Red Vamp. There's live performance by Darwin Prophet and the Kronos Mirror. And a lot of free tickets to Scarborough Renaissance Festival will be there. All right. Scarborough. Scarborough. Yeah. Scarborough Fair. Like, right. Scarborough yeah. Fair, yeah. Parsley, sage, rosemary, You know, steampunk attire is highly encouraged. So, of course. <laughs> right. You know, if they're going to call it a steampunk fling, I would hope so. So that sounds like a good time. Especially, you yeah. know, so if you like steampunk and you also like, you know, Ren Fairs, you know, you, it's, a, it's a pre-Ren Fair party and you can maybe get a free tickets to go to the Ren Fair. Oh, that sounds great. Uh, okay. <laughs> So what else is happening in April? All right. I think we finally pinned down a day for the Austin Steampunk Society to venture forth to see Curios, the Cirque du Soleil extravaganza, fantastic show. Yes, we are going. This is our last chance. We are finally going. We're going to uh, Curios in Houston. I think we're aiming for the 8 p.m. show. We'll put up details. We'll create an event. It's not there yet, but it will be. So 422, 8 p.m., Curios in Houston, Cirque du Soleil with the Austin Steampunk Society. Or at least us three. Or at least well, us three. The Roosevelt Adventuring Society, who is what right. we call ourselves. Certainly. But yeah, we're, we, are, we are nailing this down. We said we were going to go before, and we didn't make it i feel sad about that we didn't go to dallas but it's it's moved to houston and we're gonna catch it before it leaves texas right because it's gonna be a last chance okay all right so, so, uh, last, so. last uh, thing on the list for april and be prepared for weird because that's what austin is the day of the races wiener dog races yes it is all right the 2017 buted doshant races or wiener dog races are april 29th and 30th starting at 9 a.m on the 29th and going through 3 p.m on the 30th 
Now, I know this is an annual thing. They do this often. It just, I've never been to it. I've seen commercials. It just looks like a blast. It is hilarious. <laughs> it's so much fun. There are some people who take it very seriously and they train their dogs for months oh, wow. to run. And there, there's all these people, crazy dog owners, standing at the finish line, squeaking squeaky toys frantically, <laughs> trying to get their dogs to run out of the gates. And then there are some dogs who just, they run out and they're like, yay, all my friends. And they <laughs> they're, just they're start not, running back and forth not interested and playing in running with the other line. dogs and just having a good old time. Oh, this sounds like a blast. It's, it is hilarious and fun. This sounds like a perfect opportunity to dress up in our finest and go to the races. Exactly. <laughs> this is hosted by the Texas Sweeties Dog Rescue. They write, We will be in the first and second tents when you see that, that you see when you walk in. Just look for all of the bright tutus. <laughs> so if that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what will, but this is going to be fantastic. I've never made it to one of the wiener dog races, but I am going this Yes, way. we, we got to make it to this one. This will be fun. So join us if you want. Dress up in your finest. And Come to the races. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it will be splendid. Absolutely. Oh. One last quick thing. This is moving into June, but mostly because it's the Steampunk Craft Fair in Wimberley, Texas. They are looking for vendors. They still have space for vendors. So contact them at Wimberley Floodgages on their Facebook page, Wimberley Floodgages. <laughs> All right. And talk we'll, to them. We'll link it from our show. Yes, we'll link it. Uh, show notes. So if, if, you have, if you have some wares that you might want to sell and think might be appropriate, contact them and work something out with them. And I believe that's everything for the month. Yeah, I think that's it. So, hey, and, and we've got to the end of the show again. Yes, another show in the can. <laughs> <laughs> so, till next time, mind your gauges. Mind your gauges. Woohoot! <laughs> for listening. This has been the Texas Steampunk Connection. Opening music was the Texas Steer Rag by George Botsford, recorded in 1909. Please like us on Facebook at Texas Steampunk Connection. Where you will find a link to all the topics we talked about in this episode. Until next time, mind your gauges! Hello! This is the Texas Steampunk Connection again! This is... <laughs> Season time. Two. That off. Start again. <laughs>